we sing that song in a moment as we look at Matthew chapter uh, 6 together and hopefully you'll see why we've sung all the songs that we've sung as we get to Matthew chapter 6 in just a moment. Uh, I'm going to pray. Uh, are there any prayer points you'd like me to be praying for uh, in just a moment? Uh, open your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 5. That'll be really good. Mobile phone use uh, in cars is the number one cause of death. Uh, I think that's in uh, Europe, but I think it's getting pretty high in Australia as well. Uh, it's a challenge, isn't it? And it says, notice that you take your eyes off the road and you crash. Uh, the ab was to grab your attention to show you that you need to have your attention on the road. Uh, Matthew chapters 5 to 7 is Jesus grabbing your attention and saying, your attention needs to be on me. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 to 7 is Jesus' longest sermon. It's his longest extended time when he speaks to his disciples and to his people. And, and he wants to grab their attention. He wants you, he wants you and me to come in and listen close. He wants to bring us in and then he goes bang because he wants our attention. I think sometimes we read Matthew chapter 5 to 7 and we've heard it and we've read it and we've seen it and we've heard lots out of it and sometimes we read it and we just read it and we go past it. I want us this morning for it to grab our attention. Don't just read it and let it pass, but hear what Jesus has to say to you because he wants your attention. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, and the lovely Betty Dees with her Scottish accent is going to come and read it for us. on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your eyes are good, <laughs> If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Thanks, Betty. It's very black and white, isn't it? Uh, Jesus doesn't hold back. He doesn't hold back in the whole of uh, the sermon, Matthew 5 to 7, uh, and he doesn't hold back here. Uh, he wants to grab our attention and he wants us to think of three things. He wants to know what's your treasure, where's your vision, and who's your master? What's your treasure? Where's your vision and who's your master? Uh, you can see in your service sheets that you'll have on the back of them and you can look through that and follow along with me. Because uh, the, the challenge is, isn't it? The challenge is what is your treasure? What's your treasure? It's, it's a huge challenge in the world that we live in, isn't it? Because we are so much around us that says it's all about accumulating stuff. 
Uh, the challenge is, are you living to accumulate treasures here and now, or are you living to accumulate treasures in heaven? Because where your treasure lies, where you're accumulating things now, Jesus says that is where your heart is. Where your treasure is, where you're accumulating things now, is where your heart is. It's tough, isn't it? This is not an easy statement. And we live in a time period that is unprecedented in history where we have so much stuff. So much stuff. It's unprecedented. You feel bad if your TV screen is less than 52 inches wide. If you've got a 40-inch screen these days, you're on the back foot. You feel bad if your phone is more than 12 months old. Do you know they reckon that people change their phones three times in two years? That's the average. People change their phones these days. We are so bombarded with it. It's all around us and it impacts us. It's got to impact us, doesn't it? We seem to be living in a life, living in a world where we are to accumulate more and more and more. It's so persuasive. And it hits all of us. None of us here can say, well, I'm not impacted by it. We're all impacted, aren't we? And we all have lost our perspective. Completely lost our perspective. My, my, attention, my attention has been dragged to this world and away from eternity. Dragged into what I have now and what, not what I've got when I get to heaven. Dragged into how much can I have now rather than the treasures that's going to be when I get to heaven. And this is a sharp jolt for me as I hope it's a sharp jolt for you. Because Jesus, doesn't he, he slaps us in the face and he says to us, Where your treasure is, is where your heart is. If you're storing up things and accumulating things here and now, then that is where your heart is. Vanuatu changes your perspective on that a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, Just the little clips that you would have seen uh, and the things around where corrugated iron is the new black, uh, the new building material. It's always been the material, that's their material. Uh, that little bit that we put on around the side of Amos's place is just sheeted tin and that's it. You go inside, it's not, there's no lining. Uh, he's got a cement floor, that's phenomenal, that's, that's rich over there. But he cried over the fact that that was what was provided for him. Whereas I get annoyed because my feet get cold because there's tiles where I want a carpet where I want it on my feet so I'll go and buy an extra bit for it. It changes your perspective, doesn't it? And Jesus is saying to us this morning, we need to have our perspective changed because this world wants to take us in every other direction from that and away from that. And he says where your treasure is. But he doesn't just say where your treasure is because he doesn't like treasure. He doesn't say this because he doesn't think, you know, he doesn't want you to have things. He doesn't want you to earn money and so forth. He's going to talk about it a little bit later. It's not that those things are evil in themselves, but he's got logic to it, doesn't he? Because he says, here and now, the things that we accumulate now will not last. We put that out of our heads, don't we? We think, ah, but it'll last for the next couple of years while I get enjoyment out of the TV or out of the whatever I have. We put it to the side. But Jesus says it doesn't last. We, when we first moved to Evans Head, lived in a 
a street called Sea Mist Lane where Cade and Kiralee live now. And we used to call it Sea Rust Lane. We used to joke that if you stood longer than two minutes in that street, you would rust. It is phenomenal. You just walk down the street and it rusts. You live in Evans Head, you know that it rusts. It doesn't last. And then if it doesn't last, then someone's going to come and pinch it on you. Thieves and robbers come in and take away. Jesus says, doesn't it? Moth will destroy, rust will destroy, thieves will take it away. The stock market crashes. Things break down on you. Your kids grow up and take all your money. It doesn't last, <laughs> does it? You know, there's that old story, isn't it, that bloke on the Gold Coast, they reckon he was, he had heaps and heaps of money. He said he wanted to be buried with his treasure. So they buried him. When they buried him, his wife put an IOU tag in his coffin for him. You can't take it with you, can you? It's not going to happen. It does not last. But we keep thinking, no, 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 this is where it is. This is what it's about. And Jesus isn't just saying that these things don't last, but the satisfaction of these things will not last. They do not ultimately satisfy. Yeah, they give you a buzz, don't get me wrong. I love the fact I can watch my Hawthorne beat everyone on the big screen. It's a great thing. I love sitting down and enjoying that. We do enjoy those things, but we get sucked into the fact to think that these things is where it's at. But Jesus says it won't last, guys. Only treasures in heaven will last. That could be our car in the next couple of weeks if you live in Evans Head, couldn't it? It's just gone. It doesn't survive. Because, you see, we are tempted by the temporary. We are tempted by the temporary. Gets us all, doesn't it? The immediate satisfaction, the immediate thrill, the immediate I've got that, I can have this, I can have that. And we get tempted by that. And then we get sucked into that. But we should be seeking treasures in heaven. And what are the treasures in heaven? Well, Jesus has told us what that are already. Go back into Matthew chapter 5 and it's the blessed, isn't it? The blessed, the Beatitudes, he says. The very first one is the blessed to be poor in spirit. It is those who come to God open-handed and say, I am yours. There is nothing I can do. It is all yours is those that come to him on our knees and say, Jesus, you are it. I cannot save myself. I cannot get to be in heaven. I cannot be satisfied. I cannot have purpose. There is nothing I can do to be right with you, God, apart from Jesus. That's treasures in heaven. That's an eternity in heaven. And then he goes on and says, that's how we are to live for Jesus, don't we? We are to live like Jesus in the Beatitudes. That's what it is, loving God and loving others. That's the two categories of the Beatitudes, loving God loving others. Then we are to shine like Jesus in the world around us. Then we are to live to obey Jesus in the next section, doesn't he? He says, what's the law about? Well, I've fulfilled the law. You don't have to worry about the law so much. You need to worry about me. It goes deeper than that. It's not just out here. It's in here. Living to obey me is what it's about. And then Matt showed us last week that it's living to please him and no one else. It's not hypocritical. It's not sticking on the face at the front and pretending to be all Great, it's actually taking the face off and coming before God and before people and living honestly with each other. That is what stores up treasures in heaven. It is living the life, the radical living that Jesus told us in Matthew 5 to 7. That is what stores up treasures in heaven and they will last for eternity. 
Anything that goes with you into eternity is God and yourself and those that love Jesus. They're the only things that last, guys. They are not temporary. They are eternal. So where do we put our time? It's a challenge, isn't it? Where do we put our time? I thought about this and I thought, I wonder if the Nevan came over and lived with me for a little while, followed me around, did what I did, lived in my house, drove in my car, watched what I watched, listened to what I listened to, walked around. I wonder whether they would say to me, I can see that your treasures are in heaven. Or whether they'd say, man, you've got a lot of stuff, haven't you? Look, I'm not saying that we need to be Amish and get rid of everything. But it's about hard attitude, isn't it? It's about hard attitude. That's what Jesus is driving at here. He's driving at your heart, guys. You can't get sucked into going after treasures because they're going to destroy, they don't last. Get taken into me. Take your attention off all this glitzy stuff over here and drive your attention into me. I am to be your treasure because that's what's going to last for eternity. Tempted by the temporary. So how can we turn that round? How can we switch that up? What sort of things? I've just got a couple of little things for you. That was what I was going to say. Imagine if somebody had an inventory of your life. Uh, two things, just a couple of things for you. I reckon it's worth us thinking, isn't it, as we're living life around us, to keep reminding ourselves and keep looking at things and saying, what is permanent and what is temporary? And set our hearts and our attention on what is permanent. That's what Jesus is saying, isn't it? Treasure's here. Destroyed treasures in heaven, loving him and loving others, last for eternity. Ask yourself that each morning when you get up. What's permanent? What's temporary? What am I putting my time and effort into? What would people say about my life if they looked at it? Am I living for the temporary or the permanent? And dedicate your treasures to Jesus. As I said, I'm not telling us that we need to be Amish. I don't think Jesus is saying that. We're going to hear a little bit later. We need uh, things and we need people with things to be able to help the gospel grow and go further. But that's the direction of it. It's not so that we have things for us so we can gather it and put it in together and say, woohoo, this is mine. No, no, everything we have is his. Everything we have is his. So we dedicate everything that we have to him. So we think about, don't we? Well, what can I do? What can the treasures, what can I dedicate to Jesus? My generosity, what I have and what I do, can I be generous with what I have? Can I give it to people that are around? Uh, there was a great little thing on the kids on Friday night when they walked into youth uh, at the front. The two rubbish bins, you'll see them there. And there was a, a guy sitting down, hoodie on, all covered up, dishevelled, all sort of thing, just sitting there the whole time. And as the kids and the people walked in, they walked past and they went inside and then a certain person walked in and uh, she stopped and she said, do, do you know what's happening out the front? No, no, we don't know what's going on out the front. Anyway, she went out and she stopped and she bent down and asked him what was going on. And it was Sam Weeks. Uh, and he's fine. He's got plenty of stuff. Uh, but he was there. It was a social experiment to see who would stop. Now, I don't blame kids not stopping by themselves, okay? 
It's a good reason not to stop by yourself. But a group of them could have come, couldn't they? Checked it out. It's a challenge, isn't it? Our generosity, our time. Where do we spend the bulk of your time? Now, some of us have got 40 to 50 out of 70 hour jobs. Maybe we need to rejig that a little bit. Maybe we need to think, well, do I really need to be working 70 hours, 60 hours a week? Maybe I need to give more time to the things that are going to last forever. Because I'm sorry, your businesses aren't going to last forever, guys. What you're building here won't last forever. Good things, don't get me wrong, but they are only temporary. Put time into them, yes, but don't put all your time into them. Because they're only temporary. Family. Shape it to the gospel. Your families model off you. You have a look at them. You think, oh man, I know why they do that. Little Evie, she says when uh, Matt and Jasmine's little one, when they ask her to do something, she says, no, sorry, I'm too tired. (laughs) Where did she get that from? Sorry, Matt and Jazz. (laughs) But my kids have done the same over the years, just to remember that one. Um, They do, they model off you, don't they? And they model off you your priorities and they model off you the way you live and they model off you the way that you do things and they model off the way that you live. Shape it around the gospel, guys. Shape it around what is permanent. People we love, people we want to hear about Jesus. Shape your time around that because that's the only thing that's going to last. They're going to go into eternity, God willing, with you and with Jesus. Time into them. So Jesus says, where is your treasure? What is your treasure? And he says, where is your vision? What are you looking at? Now, while we are in Vanuatu, we are on the last day, it was raining again, um, and uh, we, we went for a bit of a walk up the beach as we were waiting for the, to go off and get onto our plane. And Brody got hold of a um, paddleboard. And so we went for a paddleboard and he went out and around. And as we were coming back, Steve, myself and Matt, I think, were walking along, and uh, Brode said, does anyone want to have a go? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll have a go. That'll be great. My wife can do it. I'm sure I can do it. That'll be fine. So I get out and I get onto the paddleboard. Whoa, and I'm off. So no, no, it's all good. It's all good. I can do this. Get up, try again, fall off, fall off. And the guys are just laughing their heads off on the side of the thing, thinking this is just great. And then Brode says something that he could have said to me a lot earlier. He says, Paul, when you paddle, don't look down at your board. Look to where you're going. Look to the horizon, to the direction you're going. Oh, thanks, mate. Many have laughed and I've fallen over ten times. I got on. Now, I was pretty shaky, but I paddled and I went for about 20 metres by looking and then I fell off. But it was the vision, wasn't it? It's what you're looking at. Looking to where you're going determines where you go. You tried riding a bike. You're riding a bike and you're riding beside somebody and you start talking to them. What do you do? You head towards them. It's just it's, it's in that where your vision is, that's where you go. And that's what Jesus says to us. Which, whichever way you look is the way you'll go. Look at what he says in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 there. The eyes are lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Where your eyes are is where you'll go. If your vision's not on Jesus, then you're not going to go there, are you? 
I, I read a stat, I'm not sure whether it's true or not, but they said that by the time that you're 21, every person in Australia has watched enough ads on television to run it continuously for 10 months in your head. Continuously for 10 months. It's got to impact us, doesn't it? What we look at has to impact us. Sometimes we think, oh, no, no, I'll be okay. I'll be fine. I'm all right with that. You know, I might be able to watch the one-off, but how, when it keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming, our vision goes to that. Our life goes to that. So our vision, Jesus is saying, is take it off that and put your vision on me. I am the greatest treasure. That is where you will see the light. That is where the light will come into you and then you will beam light out of you. Because it says if we keep looking at that stuff, it's going to cause darkness inside us. And that darkness is dark, he says, and we don't want that. But he wants it to be light within us so that we shine for him. Remember chapter 5? It says that let your light shine. Don't put it under a bushel. And that light shine is living for Jesus. And to live for Jesus, you've got to have your eyes on Jesus. And keep our eyes on him and set them on him. So how can we do that? Well, let's have a look at that. Set your, our eyes on what is more glorious and more beautiful, Jesus our Saviour. We say it all the time, but how much time do we spend in God's word looking at Jesus? You know, one of the easiest answers in Sunday school is God, Jesus, the Bible. Well, that is it. We've got to get our heads into it, spend time in it. Uh, as Brody said, every morning when we're in Vanuatu, we sat down and we spent half an hour together reading the Bible and praying with each other. It sets the direction for the day. sets the direction for your life. Set our eyes more on his life than the life of others. Uh, what you listen to, what you watch, what input you have into your life. Again, we're not saying be Amish, don't turn your television off. I'm not saying pick your television and throw it out, but if you're convicted to do that, do that. I'm not saying don't go to movies, don't buy videos, but think a bit more about what you do watch because it does impact you. The amount of time we spend in front of the television and in front of the movies and the stuff that's coming in, we would have to be completely ludicrous to think it doesn't impact us. We might be strong guys, but we're not that strong. What are we looking at? What are we spending our time in? And to see Jesus as our hero, not Richard Branson, not Kobe Bryant, not Greg Inglis, not Harvey Norman or the bloke down the road who has a nicer car than you. Have Jesus as our hero. Seek him. They're just three little things I thought of that will help us to set our vision on him. Where's your treasure or what's your treasure? Where's your vision and who's your master? Now look at verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Who do you serve? Is really, who do you give your time to? Who's your master? Who do you spend most time thinking about? Who do you spend time pleasing? Who do you think that you want to make sure is happy all the time? Who's the one that grabs your attention all the time? Now, Jesus comes in with God and money because he knows that money is probably one of the biggest challenges we have, isn't it? Do you know that Jesus speaks more about money 
than he does about heaven or hell. And he doesn't do that because he says, he doesn't say that that money is evil. It's not evil at all. But the worship of money is. When money masters it, it is. And he knows what we like. He knows what we want. Doesn't he? he knows our hearts because we like it, don't we? We like to have that cash. We like to be able to spend things. We like to be able to have things. We like to be able to do things with it. And it can be very, very useful. But it is so tempting that that becomes our driving force. That becomes our master and starts to control us and take over us. And we start to justify all sorts of stuff so that we can have a little bit more of it. Money is not evil, by the way. And we need people with money. Some people are gifted at making money, by the way. God has gifted some people to be able to do that. And we want to praise God for that. But it's whether we love that money and what we do with that money that God, Jesus is speaking about here. It's whether it's our driving force, whether it's our master, whether everything comes under that and not him. And it's what we do with that money. Someone once told me that if you have a problem with money and it's creeping up and it's becoming a god to you, a master to you, we'll start giving it away. Start being generous with it. And then you'll put it in its right place. You see, the Bible tells us that people who are generous, people who give away the money, are the happy ones, not the ones who hoard it. Proverbs 14.21, it's a sin to despise one's neighbour. Blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. That is giving away, helping out, providing for. Blessed, that's what they are. Proverbs 22.9 The generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. You see, Jesus isn't against money. He wants us to have it, to use it though. To give it away, to be generous with, to provide for those who don't. To share with those who don't. To encourage those who haven't. To give our money away, to be more generous to ministry. To see the good news of Jesus proclaimed to the world. You know, we can't have missionaries out there if we don't have people earning money to give to them, can we? So we need it. But it's the priority. It's who's your master that Jesus is talking about. Uh, Matt mentioned uh, in his little thing about Vanuatu that in uh, Bislamar, which is the local language, there is no word for homelessness. They don't have it because there's no one homeless over there. If there's someone in need, they bring them in. If there's someone in their family, the family pulls them in. Someone needs food, they just share up what they've got. Uh, The guy that was staying with Damien told us a story of two Nevans who went to England and they were staying in England and uh, while it was there, it was raining and while they were in the house that they were there, the people, when it was raining, brought their dog inside. Uh, The next day they were walking down the street and it was still raining and there was a homeless person on the side of the road and they just walked past it. Later on, the Nevans uh, talked to the people that they were staying with and they said to them, we're confused. It's raining outside and you bring your dog in, but you don't bring the person who's out on the street in. I didn't know him to me. I thought, wow. And then I started to think, well, I can justify that. Well, you know, they might be a robber. I've got family. I've got kids. I can't bring them into that. I can't do this. I can't. Now, there may be right times not to invite people inside, but we've got to be hit by the stark reality of that, don't we? That the Nevans, in their sense, are saying, we have nothing, but we'll bring those who've got nothing even into our nothing and share it with them. 
Whereas we have everything and we shut people out of it. I've read this passage heaps of times and I'm sure you have too. And I reckon you've read it like me and thought, yep, where my treasure is? No, I'm, I'm for Jesus, I'm okay. Where's my vision? No, it's on Jesus, I'm okay. No, it's not my master, I'm okay. Jesus doesn't want you to sit here and say you're okay. He doesn't want me to stand here and say I'm okay. He wants us to be hit by the starkness of the challenge to live radical lives for him. He wants to grab your attention to keep your attention. He wants to be your treasure. He wants to be your vision. He wants to be your master. Because then we'll be storing up treasure in heaven. Then we'll be shining lights for him and we'll be serving him with our whole hearts and he will be our master. I don't know what it's going to mean for you. I'm still trying to process what it means for me. But I know it means I need to change. Let's pray. Lord, you tell us to take up our cross and follow you. And in following you, it means radical lives for you, Lord. It means us taking your word and not passing by it, not justifying it, but allowing it by your spirit to penetrate our hearts and our souls and to transform us, Lord. Lord, this is a particularly challenging part of your word because we live in a particular affluent part of your world. And Lord, for me, I know personally it's a, it's a real challenge. I pray for us, Lord, that we won't skip over it, we won't pass it to the side, but Lord, we will give our full attention to you. And giving our full attention, Lord, to you, we'll be opening ourselves to you doing amazing work in our lives, Lord. By your spirit, Lord, may we be people who don't just hear your word, but we go out and live it, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.